You're listening to After Daycare Drop-Off, the podcast for working moms, like you and like me. Today we're talking with Kristen. She's a married mom of two and is an elementary music teacher. I know, right? Yes. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. How are you tonight? I'm good. It's been a busy evening. I bet. So you're relaxing now, chatting with me. I think yes. making your podcast debut. Yes, I am. Congrats. <laughs> Thank you. What's your drink of choice for the night? Well, I have to admit it's just water. <laughs> Since I'm nursing, that's all right. Mine is uh, can't enjoy alcohol. Right, that is uh, not my reasoning, but <laughs> I've got the berry Lacroix, so I'm pretty happy with that right now. Nice, especially since it's decided to be like 80 degrees out, so it's really refreshing. Right, it's hot here too. Oh gosh, so I want to start out. Um, you know we're recording this in the first full week of May. So I have to say happy teacher appreciation week. Thank you. Yes, because you uh, teach elementary music K through five. Correct. I want to hear about at least the sweet things your students have said to you this week to say thank you. And then tell me a little bit about what your day looks like. Okay. Well, I'm still on maternity leave right now. Oh, yes. That's right. I wasn't at school uh, this week to hear any sweet things from them. (laughs) Um, But I have been on maternity leave since February. I'm very lucky because um, I took 12 weeks of FMLA and then I decided to take the rest of the school year unpaid. So I don't have to go back to work until August, which is awesome. You planned that out right, girl. I tried. (laughs) I bet you did because you're like, okay, how many weeks? Okay, and then a buffer. And just... Right. right. Um, so how many weeks was between the 12th week mark and the end of the school year? I have to take three and a half weeks unpaid. That's not too bad. No. No, and we planned for that ahead of time so that we were financially prepared. It just wasn't worth it to me to go back to work the last few weeks of school because I'm sure all of us that went to school remember that May is crazy because everyone <laughs> so everyone's tuned out and ready for summer so it just wasn't worth it to me to go back oh yeah and be stressed out so well and to have to find somewhere for her to go of a day for three and a half weeks exactly. would be like you know really challenging to find yep. something for that short term of... yes our normal babysitter is actually going on a cruise next week. So even if I would have used her, I would have had to find somebody else for one week. <laughs> so with that, what have you got planned for the summer? Because, you know, you've got a really nice amount of time to relax and enjoy the home life. Yes, I have been enjoying staying home so much, <laughs> but it has its moments too, for sure. I, I really appreciate stay-at-home moms because, you know, you it's hard to, to make a schedule when you don't have a lot going on, when you're home with two kids and trying to do things. So far, we've, let's see, done swimming lessons, mommy and me swimming lessons. I've done that with my son. We did um, toddler tumbling class. I've done story time at the library. Uh, for the summer, I have a little vacation planned to Kelly's Island. That would be nice. But other than that, yeah, but other than that, we don't have anything set in stone. Well, that's going to be really different adjusting to life with two. Like, you know, I just have the one and one of our mutual girlfriends had her second child um, late last year. And one of the things I remember saying to her was like, okay, I remember being pregnant and being tired and getting to take a nap when I came home and doing all that. And I'm like, one... 
I realize you can't do that when you're tired because you have a son to take care of. And then also, I mean, you're also in their waking hours chasing after the other one. So I have a lot of appreciation for those of you who've done this (laughs) being pregnant with the other child already running around just because that's some next level of tired. So it is. (laughs) So I'm impressed you've been able to do all that already. That's a lot. Yeah. Well, I will say that the second pregnancy went much faster because I was busy taking care of my son. Yeah, you're distracted. Yes. And I didn't gain as much weight because I was always, always moving. (laughs) Yeah. And I know we've talked about it a little bit, but you found a fun workout group that you've been pretty committed to for quite some time. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, I go to refit classes at my local YMCA and I started doing that in 2016. It was after my son was born. And one of my friends invited me and said, you should check this class out. It's mostly women. There are, there's been a few men, but it's, it's mostly Mm -hmm. women. Uh, Come with me and check out this class. So I went and it's a dance aerobics class and they do all different styles of music, which I really like. I, I enjoy Zumba, but Zumba is more Latin music um and refit is all different genres it's it's christian based and it's out of waco texas and there were three girlfriends that started it Mm -hmm. together at church but but they do all kinds of music not just christian music um like one of my new favorite songs is they do this is me from greatest showman so it's all different kinds of music and uh all different kinds of choreography and it's an hour-long class and there's an instructor that leads the dances and once you start going, you learn the dances and you do them weekly and you, you know, you just keep getting better and better at it. And then they add new songs in. Uh, but it's just fun because it's all girls. And I've met friends at Refit that I never, you know, would have become friends with if I didn't start going to those workout classes. And at the end of the class, they always read some kind of um, devotional. Mm-hmm. And it's usually based off of, you know, either religion or off of a story about a woman or something encouraging for women, because it it is mostly women that go. And it's just fun. And I found that the only way I can stay committed to working out is if I find something that's fun and I enjoy it. Because if I don't like it, then I'm not going to do it. (laughs) That's fair, too. That's nice, too. Like, honestly, before you had shared it on Facebook, I'd never heard of that program so and I don't belong to our local YMCA so that may be part of it but I wasn't familiar with it and to hear that it has at least enough variety so you're you know it's not the same stuff because I do like Zumba too but um I would get a little like okay I'm ready for some new songs I do love the Pitbull so don't take him or Daddy Yankee away but just (laughs) more if you get into a routine it can become really repetitive for the music that's nice that that keeps you interested there but it sounds like it's serving three purposes, you know, the fitness aspect, which is fun. And then you're yep. meeting other women. So you get, you know, adult time. That's not just work coordinating and stuff like that. And then you have the faith-based stuff that, you know, feeds you in a different way too. So that's a really efficient hour. Yes, it is. And I know that they do what they call experience classes all over the country. So you can go to their website uh, I think it's refitrev.com and you can go to their website and see when they're going to have an experience class. And they also do instructor trainings if you you know want to be an instructor. And when I first got into it, I went to an experience class. Mm-hmm. The founders were there, which is amazing. Though you know the women that actually founded the organization. Fun. So it's awesome. So if any of the ladies listening to this are interested, definitely go to their website and check it out. And I don't work for them. I'm just I love it. <laughs> so I'm just encouraging other yeah. women to get into well, it. It's so hard to find and... something that you can stick to. And certainly yes. if anybody else would find that in that too, then definitely check it out. Yes. And if we have any fixer upper fans out yeah. there, Kath is one of the founders and she was on the last season of fixer really? upper and they did a loft apartment in Waco. And uh, so that's her episode. Oh! that's so fun okay so I remember that episode because of course I'm devoted as well but I (laughs) okay it's all coming together now 
because I remember the episode and she would, you know, they had the scene with the three of them on the platform doing dance. Yes. So, okay. I wish they would have said what it was, though, but maybe they were like, no free marketing, HGTV says. I was wondering that, too, yeah. probably. It's so funny because I normally am I'm a, I'm not an internet stalker, but I am aware of what is public information. So whenever there's a show like that, I'm always like, who is this person? What is their deal? So they're really interesting because right. there was one couple that they both worked at Baylor. And I was like, well, what do they do at Baylor? But they don't ever say. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I mainly look up the people who are like, we have a bajillion dollar budget and we bake <laughs> crackers in our backyard. I'm like, <laughs> all right, internet, don't let me right. down. We're finding out the truth. <laughs> <laughs> or if they don't say and I'm like you are 20 what happened like who's your parent what do you invent <laughs> like, I need to know <laughs> the rest of us here went to college and are paying Sally Mae back and working regular jobs I need to know exactly. what I'm missing <laughs> <laughs> so <clears throat> I'm glad that that you know is really efficient for you too so Tell me, do you do that right after work if it's work time? Or do you do they have a babysitter at the Y that watches the kiddos? Or Well, they do have childcare at the Y during the week. But you can't leave your children unless they're potty trained. Oh, well, that's hard. And both of mine are not potty <laughs> trained yet. So that's a lot to expect out I... of a, what, <laughs> two-year-old yeah. and infant? Yeah. <laughs> yes. So... I always go on Saturday mornings because my husband's home. He he rarely works Saturdays. Uh, so I almost always go on Saturday morning. And then during the week, my mom and my sister live close. And sometimes if they're free, they'll come over to watch the kids so I can go. They have class four times a week. And I try to make it two, two times That's a good. week. If I So it's in the evenings during the week and then Saturday mornings. So how soon after you had your daughter did you start back up I started the day after my six-week postpartum appointment I started back because I missed it because I enjoy it so much it's like an hour of me time and partially that's I'll enjoy it so much probably because I'm a music teacher I love music I love dancing I was a cheerleader but also when I'm exercising and doing the dancing routines I kind of daydream <laughs> and, you know, think about things and de-stress. So I just enjoy it a that's lot. That's wonderful. And that says a lot, too, that you went back right away. Yes, I did. I was actually, it's weird because I was like counting down the days till I could go back. <laughs> and probably because I have friends yeah. there. And I, they, you know, they threw me a baby shower for my daughter. And that was awesome. A lot of people don't have baby showers for their second child. And it but- was that they thought of well, me. Well, that's great. And especially since it's a daughter instead of a, another son, it's like, you don't have clothes for that. You need, you need the little tutu dresses, yeah. right? Yes. It's been so fun dressing a girl. <laughs> it's funny. This uh, gal I work with brought Anna a tutu dress that's not really practical for day-to-day wearing, but it's so cute to dress up in. And it just poofs out like mm-hmm. she's in Swan Lake. It is so cute. Cannot handle Aww. it. <laughs> so, I mean, obviously we've mentioned that you are a music teacher and I do remember that you play quite a few instruments, but I don't think I've ever asked you when you decided that you wanted to be a music teacher. I decided I wanted to be a music teacher when I was in middle school. And this is a fun story because I had a brand new teacher, her first year teaching, she was 22 and She was my seventh grade choir director, and she was just so fun and inspired me. And I always wanted to be a teacher my whole life, which is funny, but my mom was a teacher, so I looked up to her. But I didn't want to be a music teacher until I met um, this. She was her name then was Miss Frankert, and I met her and she was fun. And I looked forward to choir every day. And I've kept in touch with her all through college. And now she is one of my principals. Well, that's fun. She went from. Yeah, she went from being a choir director to a principal. So it's awesome that I had this experience of being her student, and then she was my friend, and we would meet up during college, and now she's my boss. <laughs> so it's been awesome to have her through every stage of 
wanting to be a music teacher. And even now she's a big part of my career. She actually is the person that evaluates me too <laughs> and gives, gives me a rating for you know, all the teachers. I'm in Ohio and all the teachers get an, a rating from mm-hmm. the state to say basically how good you are. <laughs> so she, she gets to decide what my rating is. Well, what do they do with that rating? Besides, I mean, I'm sure like any place, there's an annual review process to make sure you are performing Right. Yeah, they actually publish it on the ODE website, so you can find out what your teacher's rating is. You know, if you have a child in a school and you want to know, you know, what their teacher was rated, you can find it out on ODE. Is that those public listings, like what the school district is rated at as well? Our ratings don't have anything to do with the district rating. If you've ever looked you... for a house on like realtor.com or something, it'll say like Lawrence Township Schools and then there's a rating. Yeah, right. They're they're different for the schools and, and teachers. They use different wording. Okay. Um, so yeah, they're different. That's a lot of transparency then. <laughs> yeah, it is. But I mean, that's a really unique opportunity too to have your supervisor effectively be someone that's been a mentor to you as well and right I'm sure helps you keep accountable too because you're like she was my motivation and now she knows what I'm what to look for because I'm doing it exactly and that's unique too because not all principals came from a music background so that's really nice as well it is it's very nice and it definitely makes me stay on top of my game because she knows what I'm doing. Before her, I had a former PE teacher evaluate mm-hmm. me. And God bless him, but he didn't understand what I was teaching at yeah. all. But he tried to act like he did. Um, so I, you know, I could maybe, if I wanted to, I could have pulled the wool over his eyes. But I definitely can't with her. She knows, <laughs> she knows what I should be doing. You wouldn't do that anyways. No. <laughs> now, um, this is kind of like embarrassing but whatever I'm gonna I'm gonna admit it anyway um so the organization I work for has um teachers as part of our customers I work for um my state's public retirement fund so we serve several types of employees and teachers are one of them um and it's something I don't really think about because it's not my day to day but I was reminded recently because one of the gals that listens to the podcast shared um, that one of my episodes encouraged her to request higher pay during her contract negotiations, which was awesome because that's exactly the purpose of this is to encourage people to do what it is they've been wanting to do and um, feel confident. And I completely forgot that teachers even had contracts like myself it's like do you want to work here okay this is what you'll make keep coming and then you're an (laughs) at-will employee so if for some reason I'm not doing so great I would you know have conversations to work on it work improvement plan and if it gets really bad then I would get fired or I say I don't want to work here bye and I leave there's no contract so I'd kind of forgotten that some teachers have contracts now is that something that's how your school or school district handles it or is it more like myself where you just you know you get hired and then if you decide to not work there it's there's no contract uh we have contracts and our union negotiates what our salary is based off of how many years of experience Uh we have and then it's also based off of your level of education um, but as far as how, how many years your contract is, that is based off of your evaluation. Okay. Um, and your principal recommends to the school board how long they think your contract should be. So when you start, you only get a one mm-hmm. year. And then if you're doing a good job, you'll get a two year. And then if you're doing a really good job, they'll give you a three year. And eventually you can apply for what's called a continuing contract, which means your contract goes on unless they find you know a very serious reason to get rid of you but it's hard to get a continuing contract it's like having tenure if you've heard of like a professor having tenure and I actually last year applied for a continuing contract and received it so that was really exciting because it's hard it's hard to get that in education today 
So yeah, that's wonderful. Congratulations. Thank you. And so you do have, if I remember correctly, um, some education past your bachelor's degree, correct? I do. I have a master's degree in music ed as well. Did you do that while you were working or did you do that separate? I did that while I was working, but it was in the summer. So technically I wasn't, I wasn't working, but I did it in the summer and I did it at a, a small private university and I went for four weeks in the summer every day for eight hours and I did that for three summers oh my. And then, then the fourth summer I had to write a thesis um, or I could have done a capstone but I chose to write a thesis and that took me the whole fourth summer to do that and then I finished um, after that with my master's degree so part of the stipulation to have a continuing contract is that you have a master's mm-hmm. degree or a bachelor's degree plus 30 graduate hours. So there are stipula- stipulations that you have to, to meet to get a continuing contract. So that was one of them. Well, I had to feel really good when, when you got that confirmed because it seems like otherwise, if you got close to that end of your contract, it'd kind of make you nervous, right? Definitely, yes. And we have had teachers get, they call it non- non-renewed mm-hmm. when decide you know to not give you another contract and that does it does happen yeah well I mean for the school it's the right thing sometimes to find a better suited candidate right but as an individual it's like kind of mass panic (laughs) yeah yeah definitely well I'm proud of you for getting that that's well well thank you thank you so how many instruments do you play well, when I went to college, my main instrument was voice. Secondary instrument was piano. And then when you're a music major, you have to take what they call methods classes. So I took a string methods class, a brass methods, a woodwinds and percussion. And you have to know how to play um, instruments from all of those instrument families. Mm-hmm. So I've never actually sat down and counted <laughs> how many instruments I know how to play. But I can play an instrument from every instrument family. Um, in high school, I played clarinet and French horn. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know an exact number. I guess I'll have to sit down and count someday. <laughs> so you could have a quiz for your students and have like, I'm just imagining, like from school, yeah. you could have all the little instruments like laminated, right? And be like, which ones uh-huh. does, you know, does, does your teacher play? And then at the end, they try to guess. You're like, all of these. <laughs> yeah (laughs) that would be fun see I played um saxophone when I was in elementary middle middle school and then a little bit of high school and then got roped into playing at church because my parents were like you're gonna do it I'm like well fine um (laughs) I played the saxophone I remember that you know when they have the the day in class where it's like okay kids you've been playing the recorder for forever and your parents hate it because it's super (laughs) annoying um Yes. It's time to pick which instrument you want to play. And they bring all of the, at least my school brought in, um, uh, they brought people from the Dayton Philharmonic in to play. And so that was really cool because they're. Well, that is yeah. neat. And so they came in and then um, they had some folks come in that ha- that played various other instruments. So there's like, do you want to be in strings or do you want to be in band? Big decision, right? And um so I, I, you know, all of the girls seemed to pick like the flute or the clarinet. And I was like, I want to play something else. And my parents said no to the drums. So. <laughs> <They're> like, <"That's> <laughs> they were smart. Big. No. <laughs> so I did the saxophone, which was really fun just because there wasn't as many people that wanted to do it. And yeah, I, I'm pretty sure they still have it at home. <laughs> awesome. I wonder if I could still play it or if it, it probably needs cleaned pretty <laughs> <laughs> Probably a little musty. Um, and then I did piano when I was, um, oh gosh, like fifth grade or whatever, just like lessons at a woman's house. And that was pretty fun. Yeah. I kind of wish I would have stuck with some of it because now it's like, oh, <laughs> just to be proficient in it still would be fun. Yeah. I always tell my students that music is truly something you can do your whole life. 
And in the community I work in, sports are huge. And I, I love watching sports. I have a huge appreciation for athletes. But it's not something you can probably do your entire right. life. So that's part of the reason I love teaching music because it's something that I know my students can enjoy forever. That's true. I find myself too, like some, you know, I can sing sufficiently for, you know, a limited audience, right? Or after a couple cocktails probably. But uh, <laughs> best when the music is really loud and I'm just joining in. But now that I have our daughter, I find myself being like, I should like sing to her more, right? But then I start trying to sing. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's really terrible. <laughs> but she doesn't know. But I find myself trying to remember like, what are these little nursery songs that I should remember at this point? <laughs> well, singing anyway is good for early childhood development. So she, and she doesn't know if you're good or not. So you can, you can sing. And I also at the library read that singing, I didn't think about this, but singing is considered a part of early literacy. Ah. So when you're teaching your young children songs, it will actually help them learn to read. Well, that's good. Yeah. She started, um, it sounds like she's trying to make sentences with her babbling that she does. And she'll like, mm-hmm. you know, gesture like, blah, 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 blah. and you're like, yes, that sounds great. A yes. Great idea. And yeah. it's just so cute to see her brain working because she'll respond really well to songs. We've got that little baby Einstein, little, you know, music thingamajig with the little worm beads on the side. And mm-hmm. she loves William Tell over church. Like she will push her little thumb on that thing until it's time for that one. And then does her little wiggle dance to it. Aww. And so she loves music and she's recently figured out how to walk backwards. So she's like doing her dance, walking backwards, swinging her little arms around. And so <laughs> maybe we'll have to try to make the Saturday music class, which I did get to go with um, one of my sorority sisters that lives near us here um, while I was on maternity leave. Um, and that was really fun, but it was also a moment where I really appreciated the hard work of staying at home with young children because there was just so many kids in there and they were so loud and Anna was you know I was on maternity leave so she's only a couple months old at that point so we were just there for fun like she was Mm -hmm. she wasn't really getting anything out of it at that point right but it was just like oh my gosh like you do have to really schedule out what you're gonna do if you're gonna try to make it out of the house and get them all ready loaded up and it's an undertaking for sure. It is. So we talked about your refit experience, and I seriously have this pulled up right now. There's nobody that does it near me, but there are people that do it in Indiana, so that's good. Uh, okay. <laughs> so we talked a little bit about that and trying to stay active while you were pregnant, and now obviously you're, you're, you're still healing too because that's the whole thing, right? takes at least yes. nine months to get, you know, some semblance of life back together. I know um, it took forever for just, like, my hair to start growing back. Those little baby hairs, man. I've got involuntary bangs. Right now, I actually said to my husband today, um, I'm thinking the postpartum hair loss is just starting. Yep. <laughs> it's like you just, like, is your brush just gets really full. <laughs> Yes, yes. And I look in the shower when I'm washing my hair and I look at all the hair going down the drain. You're like, we're gonna need some Drano in here. Yeah. And I will say that after having my second child, and one of my sorority sisters told me this after she had her second child, that the recovery is slower. And it is, you know, your stomach was has now been stretched out twice. Mm So, you know, I'm three months postpartum. um, And I'm still not looking you know, back to normal, but it, yeah, it takes nine months to grow a baby and it's going to take at least that long to get back. Right. So, and that's a hard thing to accept, I think for a lot of women. And I'll, I'll admit this. I haven't, I haven't been very motivated until recently to like actually buckle down and exercise because I was under this impression because like two people told me this is how it was for them. So of course it was going to be like that for me. Right. Um, (laughs) that, Oh, I'm breastfeeding and I just ate whatever I wanted and I actually lost weight. And this was from a person who yeah. um, was never like, a, I mean, she was not out of shape, 
but she wasn't one of those naturally thin people that you'd be like, okay, that's an exception for you. It was a normal type body type person. And she was like, I've, I'm less weight than I was before I got pregnant. I was like, well, see, this person had that. That's how it is for me. So I, <laughs> so I didn't track, you know, my eating and stuff. Not, you know, I wasn't going crazy, but I also wasn't really mindful, but I was already tracking what Anna was eating and how many times she's going to the bathroom. And I'm like, I don't need another thing to track. So I didn't. And I paid for it. And I look at pictures. I'm like, well, that was stupid. Why did I do that? <laughs> so I'm motivated now. We're doing something about it now. But, you know, just giving yourself that grace to get around to it time because I, I think back. Right. And I'm like, now people that I love did say, perhaps we should eat not dessert at 9 p.m. And I was like, shut <laughs> off. <laughs> <Light off me. laughs> like, I'm hungry because I'm breastfeeding and I'm burning all these calories and I'm, I'm, I can eat the brown. It's fine. Like <laughs> this is like six ounces of milk. It's fine. That's what I learned. But I understand, you know, obviously you're, you're breastfeeding now. You mentioned that, but you've yes. had what I would say a really successful experience with your, uh, your first child with. Yeah. Tell me about that. Well, I will say that the first, oh gosh, probably eight weeks of nursing my son were probably the hardest eight weeks of my whole life. And he had a really bad latch and, uh, I got mastitis 10 days after I had him. And I ended up finding a lactation consultant who was amazing. And she truly saved me in my breastfeeding journey. I would not have made it because they say breastfeeding is natural. But for me and my son, it was, it wasn't learn how to do it. And anyway, I met this lady and she encouraged me to use a nipple shield. And I used that for about eight to 10 weeks. And then I was able to wean him from that. But the beginning of breastfeeding was horrible for me with him. And one of my friends recently, just a few weeks ago, had a baby and she was texting me and she's a runner and she's ran marathons. And she said, I would rather run a marathon right now than have to, to, to go through this breastfeeding thing again. It was just that hard for her. And that's how it was for me too. Uh, But once I got through the, you know, the first awful part, I nursed my son for 26 months and I never, ever thought I would nurse that long. I never planned on it, (laughs) but for him and I, it worked. And the reason I ended up stopping is because I became pregnant with my daughter and I actually nursed him till I was like 15 weeks pregnant with her. And it just became really painful, the hormones. And uh, he was only nursing then at night and for comfort. So I ended up stopping just because I wanted a break before my next child was born. <laughs> right? um, but yeah, I, I think that believe it or not, it's weird to say, but breastfeeding was probably one of the most difficult journeys I went on and I was really determined to succeed. So even though it was really bad in the beginning, I stuck with it and I'm proud that I did. Um, and you know, I went back to work. He was three months old when I went mm-hmm. back to work um, with, and I found a pumping schedule that worked for me. I pumped during my lunch break and I pumped pump during my planning time. And I made just enough milk to, you know, provide for him when he was at the babysitters. And I pumped at work for a year. And then once he was a year old, I stopped pumping mm-hmm. because he was eating other things and was drinking regular milk. Um, so then I just nursed him on demand when he wanted to after that and weaning was really easy because he just kept wanting to nurse less and less. And eventually, like I said, when I became pregnant with my daughter, um, it was, he was just nursing for comfort. And I just finally decided to tell him that, that mama's milk was gone. (laughs) And there was a few nights of tears. And after that, uh, just a few nights, he never asked again. So it's pretty good. Yeah. I, it, nursing my daughter has been much easier. And I really think it's because I knew what I was doing this time. When I got sore those first few weeks, I knew, you know, how to make things better. 
and I knew how to get her to latch better. So the second time around for me has been much easier. Now, do you think it would have been easier for you if you had had that lactation consultant beforehand? I do. Uh, The hospital I delivered at, it's a very small hospital. They don't have a lactation consultant there. They just have, you know, the nurses and they helped me. Uh, But I wish I would have met with her sooner for sure. Definitely. I mean, I met with her, I think my son was about like two weeks old and I wish I could have had her in the very beginning. I wish I would have went sooner. So I would encourage anybody having trouble nursing to see a lactation consultant ASAP because they know what they're doing (laughs) for sure. We were a little rushed at the end of uh, pregnancy when, when we were trying to like fit in all these classes. So I was like, we'll just do like the one long class and the CPR class. Well, that's fine because they certainly had the, you know, once a week for six weeks intensive class and I was like we don't have time for that (laughs) like that time has passed we should have booked that earlier sorry we didn't do it but I did do um a webinar with a lactation consultant that was associated with the company I got my um breast pump from and I didn't realize that that was a thing but your doctor's office sometimes will give you a referral to a company that will help you coordinate which pump might be better for you, what you're going to do, and then help you get it from insurance and all that sort of stuff too. And so that was helpful to have kind of like a baseline. And she admittedly was like, now I'm a little bit more, you know, crunchy canola than your average person. But, you know, we'll talk about, you know, what is kind of a straightforward approach versus what is the very, you know, crunchy granola approach. Um, (laughs) I appreciate that she was transparent and say like, all right, this is my, how I'm going to do it personally, but I realized that that may not be right for you. So that was helpful. And then, um, there was a woman that came around in the hospital. It was like, okay, here's how you do it. And she was like, she suggested, you know, oh, if she doesn't latch, you know, just spoon feed it to her. I'm like, how am I supposed to get it on the spoon though? Like, um, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's not standard. I'm squeezing my boob daily. So, you know, uh, what? So she helped explain that. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is so bizarre. But um, I was really fortunate that Anna latched on really well, which, you know, it certainly hurt for the first week or so. Um, but it was extra great that she did because she has a little tongue tie. And oh, we've okay. never had it clipped. And like, it's so funny because we're like, what is that you know in the hospital because everything's mm-hmm. oh, oh my gosh an emergency um they were fine but tony and i were like oh, what does that mean what do you do and i got sad because i'm like oh well if you cut it that'll hurt her and they're like no it won't i'm like okay well then cut it and they're like well no we don't want to cut it because if it doesn't bother her we won't do it and i'm like okay right and so then every time we go to the doctor like from just you know using her tongue to eat and stuff like that it's stretched a little bit but it's still like, they still remark, oh, yeah, see, it's still there. And I'm always like, okay, so do you want to cut it? And they're like, well, we'll wait to see if it affects her speech. I'm kind of like, do I have to be, like, super overbearing? Be like, just cut it, because I'd rather her not have a speech problem. Let's just teach her how to speak normally. <laughs> I don't right. want her to have, like, a challenge. If it's something that we already have talked about, it may be providing a challenge for her. But, um she nursed great, and then I was really good at the beginning about pumping, like, three times a day, and fortunate enough that my um, workspace, I have a, a, an office with a door, and there's no weird, like, glass window or something. Um, mm-hmm. It seems like most of them have, like, this ridiculous panel. I'm like, how am I supposed to have a private conversation with my staff if, like, <laughs> you can see it? Right. But that was nice <laughs> because I didn't have to, like, scurry over to a different area. Um. But then I got busier and I like, I knocked it down to twice a day and I really noticed that impacting how much I got. But it was like you said, like just enough. Mm-hmm. But I'm I'm I don't want to be like Kristen. That's your special secret. Did you have a million you know things of oatmeal? Because I started pursuing those types of things. I didn't get like the herbal supplements or things like that to try to help it. But girlfriend, I dried up like so like nine months. It was like ooh, this is getting pretty sketchy here as far as being able to squeeze something out of a rock 
but uh, <laughs> I'm very impressed and admired that you were able to maintain that consistency and for so long because it was just like one day it was gone and it was like well honey I hope you like this formula because you still need <laughs> milk you need this you can't have cow's milk yet right well I think every woman is definitely different you know with how much milk they produce and I think sometimes once babies start solid food that that affects your supply yes. too that was definitely um, because you're not nursing as often yeah, that was definitely on the same schedule and when your period comes back that also can make your supply yep. decrease um, which mine came back uh, with my son at eight and a half months postpartum so um I just I didn't I honestly can say that I didn't do anything as far as supplements. I didn't eat anything different. I just was lucky that my body produced enough to keep going. And, um, my son nursed a lot. He, he just, he did it for comfort. So I'm sure that that kept my supply up too. He also did not sleep through the night until he was two years old. And I think a lot of that has to do with nursing because he used it for comfort. He would wake up and just, you know, want to latch on for five minutes and then he'd be out so I am sure that that's part of why my supply kept up too is because he was still nursing at night through all that too um this time around I've had a lot more milk which is crazy like I was gosh pumping after I would feed my daughter I was pumping probably seven to ten ounces after I fed her in the like the first six weeks yeah, and the the same lactation consultant I used with my son, I used her this time, and she said that I guess when you have your second child and so on that you produce more because your body knows what to do. So if you have a second child, maybe the second time around you will produce more. You yeah. never know. <laughs> well, I think, you know, the next time as well because th- we do intend to have another child at some point. No, don't ask me when. Um <laughs> <laughs> We have yeah. this arbitrary, like, before we're this age, and I'm just kind of doing the finger count. I'm like, ooh, that's pretty soon. <laughs> so, well, Yeah, I already have people asking me about a third child, and I'm like, listen, my daughter's three months like, old. I can't even think like, about that. <laughs> like, you can contribute to the fund over here. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, you know, the lactation consultants, even the hospital, because we did do the, we did go to the group a couple times, but it was just like, not that I was expecting, like, let's have a conversation and like all that. I don't, I don't know what I thought it was going to be, but it was just come in and breastfeed your baby in front of these people. And then we'll weigh her and be like, she weighs, you know, three ounces more. So she must've ate three ounces. I was like, all right, I can do that. Right. At home. I don't, no offense to you all. I'm sure you're nice, but I don't need to like, you know, track it down <laughs> here. This is enough of an effort to leave the house. Um, right. But, um, they were all like, don't start pumping yet. Don't start pumping yet. I'm like, okay. And then I didn't. And then I remember when I got my supply so low, cause like we did go away for a couple, you know, separate weekends and had a date night. So mm-hmm. it digs into your extra. And right. when I was getting really close, like, you know, I was bringing what I had just pumped to the babysitter and I'm like, Ooh, that's all I got. Hopefully she's fine. Um, I was like, gosh darn it like why did I not do it earlier like I had so much I could have stored it for all this right last summer when you know she was still a little thing we went to um our state's fair and they typically had had like lactation stations set up um at various spots to have like a private clean place to feed your baby and change them and it was super nice because it was air conditioned. So that was good. Cause it was, you know, July or August or whatever. And, um, it, they had like wipes and diapers and essentials in case you ran out. So it was just really nice setup. And one of them we visited was in like the medical center to help, you know, if anybody has any issues as well. But then the other one was sponsored by this, um, like RV camper sales place. So they had like a tow behind camper that was serving as a place. So it was like, oh, cool. yeah. So we visited there and it was like, you know, air conditioned. There was a couch. I'm like, this is the life, man. But it was yeah. like the effort was coordinated by this organization called the milk bank. And I hadn't heard of them until that. And I was just like, you know, you're sitting there nursing your kids. So you've, you know, got 10, 15 minutes to 
read the pamphlets they've left in there. And so what this organization does is they accept human milk donations um, that they, you know, screen and make sure everything is good. Um, and they've already pre-screened the mothers that are participating to make sure that, you know, the effort is worthwhile for them to contribute. Um, and then they, I think they pasteurize it and everything. And it is prescribed to typically premature babies who their studies have shown um, thrive much more with human milk versus formula um, and have significantly shorter hospital stays, like 10 days shorter. Wow. Yeah. So I'm reading this. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm going to donate her extra milk. Blah, 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 blah. And I was like so pumped about <laughs> it. And so like, it was extra sad. Like obviously her needs are the priority versus donating. But I was like, so jazzed about this when everything was supply wise thriving. I'm like telling everybody I know, like even our mutual friend who was pregnant at the time, I was like, you need to give your extra milk here. Like she hadn't even had baby yet. I'm like, you need, <laughs> I know you don't have it, but later you need to give it when, if you have extra. And I just was like extra devastated, but I'm like, these babies need it. Like <laughs> these, these babies need it. And I can't, I don't have any for my own baby, let alone to share. This is just a tragedy. And so I, you know, I haven't done everything I can to share what they do for any moms that may have extra, but I have it in the back of my mind of like, next time I'm pumping extra and I don't care what these people say. I have somewhere to put it. <laughs> like, it's fine. I'll buy more bags. I don't care. But what they do is really cool. So if, if later on that becomes a thing for you, you should totally look into it because they're, okay. they're, they're oh. nationwide. And the interesting thing is that you don't have to go to like the office where they work out of. There's various, um, hospitals and clinics and places that are like designated stations because they've got to put it in the freezer and you know they've, they've got a system put together and it was such a cool thing for just them to have that at the event but then also to see the long-term mission that they have and they've got a really cute newsletter where it's like the milk bank and it's your monthly deposit statement and they share all the stats of the children they've helped and the initiatives oh, cool. and it's just from a communications person's perspective, I'm like, this is really nice. You did a good job, but they're right. doing cool things. So awesome. Yeah. Well, I want to talk to you a little bit about food stuff because I, I okay. will say, I think I'm getting better. At least tonight I was able to get dinner done pretty quickly. I was like, salad, these pork chops are really thin. Done. <laughs> but <laughs> tell me, I know you've, joined a clean eating group and that's perhaps been helpful for you to find out new recipes or be yes. motivated yes one of our mutual friends she's what was one of our sorority sisters is a beach body coach and she started a nutrition group and I, I i will say i love working out i do i just for me it's a stress reliever but i am not good about eating good things <laughs> um I'm not. And I know I would see more results if I ate better. So I joined this group and she had a challenge last summer where she gave a shopping list of all the things to buy. And then she gave you the, like the menu. Oh, dang. That's what I need. And it was awesome. And I did it, you know, for a week and I learned so much about, you know, easy, quick, healthy meals to make. Um, things I never thought about before. Like, you know, eating for lunch, hard-boiled eggs and veggies and hummus. And that's easy. And I never, you know, thought about it. <laughs> um, she had recipes for making overnight oats and protein shakes and all different kinds of stuff. So I learned a lot from that. And um, I, I think I, one of your questions I saw was sharing like an easy meal. Mm -hmm clean eating and one of my favorites that I learned from that challenge was Aldi one of my favorite places to shop I don't oh, know if yes. everybody has but I love Aldi they have a brand of chicken sausage called uh, Kirkland's and they have lots of different flavors and my favorite easy recipe is cutting up the chicken sausage and 
putting in the oven on 350 for 40 minutes. And then I also, with the sausage, just chop up any kind of vegetables I have, bell peppers, onions, um, sweet potatoes, red potatoes. And I just mix all that together and put it on a cookie sheet with a little bit of olive oil and, and bake it for 40 minutes on 350. And it's so good. And my husband's pretty picky and he even eats it. So now, is he picky in that he likes plain food or is he picky? Like he only likes certain things. Certain oh, okay. things. Um, tonight I tried for the very first time cauliflower mm-hmm. rice and he didn't like it. Yeah. <laughs> he said this, this isn't rice. It's supposed to taste like rice. I said, well, it's cauliflower rice, so it's not really rice. So he just will only eat certain yeah. things for sure. See, we I've bought the cauliflower rice that's frozen, and that's much better because, like, I'm not going to – it's, like, so messy when you try to chop up a cauliflower by your, from the yes. head. It's just everywhere, and, like, mm-hmm. I get re- very easily, like, maxed out by things like – coffee grounds being places they shouldn't be and like food scraps like just flicking places i'm just like oh i feel like peeling a yeah. carrot oh my gosh like it's just enough to make me lose it so it's just so sad but the frozen is much easier and tony doesn't love cauliflower rice but he's begrudgingly participating in us eating healthier <laughs> it's a yeah. good idea um and i'll say it's like one of those things like you admit you're like I guess I feel better, even though I would really right. like to have, again, that brownie. I love brownies, so yep. I'm like, but I do feel better. <laughs> um, but that's been a lot easier because I'll do like, you know, I'll do like shrimp and grits, but I'll cook shrimp and then there's um, a butcher I really like that has lots of good sausages. So cut those up and it kind of stretches it out across multiple meals because we'll make dinner and then put the extra for lunch the next day. It's typically our routine. Um, mm-hmm. But the cauliflower rice will be a lot better when you put a little cheese in it. Not too much, but a little bit. Right. Especially Parmesan because it's a little lighter anyways. It doesn't take too much to kind of fool you enough because you've got the shrimp and the sausage in there and usually some onions and other things to distract you from the fact that it's not what it is you actually want <laughs> right <laughs> but i'm i'm on team aldi too tony's not always like he's like oh mm, i don't know about aldi and some of our friend our mutual friends their husbands are like that too so i'm not sure if it's like that's the discount store i'm like yeah and it's right better than kroger because you know as, as much as i love the click list i'll go i'll do that when i need to but it pains me to pay like 250 for a thing of mushrooms and I can buy it for like 69 cents at Aldi and they last for two weeks if I don't get around to using them right so I mean maybe they put a preservative spray on it I don't care I'll rinse it off (laughs) (laughs) but they do like he's come around but they have the best coffee for the best they do have good coffee they do because it's like we would buy you know the local coffee beans like some hipster kids or something and it's great but it's like $15 for one bag and I go to yeah. Aldi and I buy four bags and it's like $20 like this is a better yep. deal <laughs> and it's really good so we talked about your your food and your quick dinner so thank you for that I'm gonna have to do that one but um on the off chance somehow you're able to leave work for a lunch date or maybe you have a, a day setter and do a lunch date who of anybody in the whole world that you know or don't know would you want to have lunch with i was talking to my husband about this question and i don't have any celebrity crushes or any political figure i would like to meet really and the lame answer i have is that i would love to have lunch with my mom because she is super busy she's a principal in an elementary school and I can't even remember the last time that her and I sat down and had a meal, just her and I t- together. That's not late at all. Um, <laughs> I just don't think I can even think of the last time we did that. So I would love that. And second place would be my husband. I love him to death, but we do get to eat together more often. That's but cool. it would be aw- awesome to eat a lunch alone with him as well. <laughs> I like that you said your mom because it's it's interesting, like, 
not just with being a parent, but partially being, you know, just getting older, how your relationship with your parents change. And Mm -hmm. like, I've always been the child that's like, okay, well, I'm going to do what I'm going to do. So I'll let you know, like, for example, when I went through sorority recruitment, I told my parents that I had, you know, went through recruitment and joined a sorority. And their question was, well, who's paying for that? I'm like, well, obviously me. And they're like, okay. So I didn't, don't have a tendency to ask for permission <laughs> from them. And I mean, that's kind of how I've always been. And so it's interesting. Um, my mom comes to watch Anna once a week um, during like basically from spring to late fall, early winter, because it's kind of a drive. Um, she'll watch her one day a week. And it's just funny how your relationship with your parents change and we're actually going to spend next Tuesday together in honor of Mother's Day. I'm taking the day off when she's coming over to watch Anna anyway. And we're going to have a date. And I'm really looking forward to it because um, since Anna's been here, I've been able to see her more. But it's been like, okay, you're here. I got to go. Love you. Yeah, come back. Right. It's like, okay, what's the recap from the day? And do you mind to mm-hmm. stay for two seconds while I change clothes real quick and get this thing in the oven? And appreciate yep. that because that's more than it had been because – it's she's about two hours away but it's just interesting how it's like you you go from subordinate to superior but then you kind of still have that because they're still your parents but it's like this is my house and I pay the bills for this so please stop putting this cup in the other cabinet (laughs) that's what kills me like I I I do get sad when she doesn't do like little chores like that not that she has to I don't Mm -hmm. expect it but when she doesn't do it I'm like Dang, the bathroom trash didn't get taken out. It was always the pain, right? <laughs> it's like mm-hmm. floss in there. I'm like, oh, that's gross. Um, but she'll put away dishes from the dishwasher. And um, she'll put, like, today I found a mason jar with the lid on it in with the plates. I'm like, there are no mason jars in this area. <laughs> if you look in, like, the pantry, there's a ton in there. So that's, you know, like, there are no friends in this cabinet. It was just so funny because I, I had to text her this morning. I'm like, Mom, where's the blades of the blender? And it was like, she put it in the silverware container in, like, the cage part that traps it. Like, Do you think the water was just going to shoot this thing that definitely is heavy out of here? I don't know. But <laughs> it's like when I was a kid, I had a friend who really liked to – uh rearrange and do interior decorating like we were eight okay so and I'd always have to call her like Rachel where's my brush (laughs) like where's my stuff so it's happening again so when you and your husband get to do date night for real like so not just a quick lunch at Subway or whatever that would be feasible what where do you like to go and what do you like to do well we like sports and so we've been to some Cleveland Browns games, <laughs> uh, Cavs games, Indians games. So we love to do sporting events. But I would say probably the best date night we've had since having children was one day we drove up to Lake Erie mm-hmm. and um, went to the Marblehead Lighthouse and went to Toffs for ice cream and went to a nice restaurant, Mona Me. And it was, I just love Lake Erie. So anytime we go up there, I enjoy it. That sounds like a blast. Yeah. You have to do that here before summer's up. Yes, definitely have to get away. Now, my daughter, uh, I was, I said before I was pumping in in the beginning um, a little bit and giving her a bottle. Well, there were some weeks that went by where I didn't have to pump. And guess what? Now she won't take a bottle. What? (laughs) So for the last like three weeks I haven't been able to leave her for more than two or three hours because she will not take a bottle my mom my sister and Jim have all tried when I haven't been here and she wouldn't take a bottle so we have to fix that so I can go on like a real date (laughs) two or three hours is not enough time how many different bottle types have you tried I have tried three different kinds and I just got one in the mail um, that it's called, I think Mimi Jumi or something like that is mm-hmm. the name. And it looks kind of like a right. boob. It's flesh colored 
<clears throat> and is much bigger, like a nipple base than most bottles. So I'm going to give that a is try. Is that the one that looks like, like a breast implant, basically? Okay. It does. Yeah. Those um, look, I, I understand it, why that might be easier to adjust to because it'd be something on their little face, you know? Yeah. Right. It, yeah. It's supposed to be like when they are nursing and their little, you know, like nose and face touches your boob. So, uh, I'm going to give that a try. Well, my, I'm going to have my husband give it a try because she's got to take a bottle before I go back to work. Yeah. There's no way. Now's the right time. <laughs> and I, I would love to get away. So, yeah. Goodness. Well, I want to end with this. What's your goal for the rest of this year? We're about halfway through somehow. Um, you know, I, when I go back to work in August, I would love to challenge myself to do some more creative things with my kids, my small, I call my students, my kids, but my work kids, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I, this will be my third year teaching elementary music. I taught middle school and high school choir before I did elementary. So this is my third year doing elementary. And, um, before I taught at this elementary school the music teacher didn't do programs with the kids like musicals and so the last two years I've been bringing back programs so this year I'd like to do maybe like a more complicated musical than what I've been doing in the past just to challenge myself a little more Um, and I also want to try to get the highest teacher rating this year I've always been like second from the top and I'd love to try to get the top rating, which is, it's called Accomplished. Okay. So, and then as far as like a goal for my family, um, a lot of times I feel like I am not present when I'm with my family. You know, I get distracted by doing chores and glancing at my phone and things like that. So I definitely want to make sure I, when I have the time with my family that I'm, you know, it's quality time, not just the the quantity of time but quality time so concentrating on them and not all the extra stuff going on (laughs) well those goals all sound like they're gonna happen together because i bet your musical endeavors will probably push your rating over the edge so that would be great but that mindfulness thing to consider is is huge because i think that's the battle with just about everybody in that there's so many things calling for your attention and so many sounds and things sitting out that you're like, those papers need put up, the dishes need dishwasher. Yeah. And I won't say mm-hmm. that I've ha- I have it down, but there's a lot of things now that would have had me break out in hives that I just let wait till later. And mm-hmm. one of those things is before I, you know, we, we started our conversation tonight is that I don't mess with anything after dinner. I don't cut up the extra stuff for lunch. I just let it sit and we just play and do whatever we're going to do before she goes to bed. And then I'll deal with it afterwards. It, it, it works. I, I don't like seeing it. I just kind of try to put the blinders on. And <laughs> yep. um, for my phone, a few months ago, I put an app on it called Moment. And there's a paid version, but I just use the free one. And it tracks how many minutes you know, through hours that you're on your phone and it tells you. Oh, yeah. So I would suggest that if that's something that you've known distracting you, um, Mm -hmm. because it also tracks how many times you pick up your phone. And so I'm I'm like a digital snacker is what I would say. My, my style is like, I'll pick it up a lot to check just a couple things real quick. Um, Mm-hmm. but and it tracks that and it was really bad I, I haven't looked at that piece lately but initially I was just like I'm not going to change my behavior I just want to see what it is because I'm feeling like it's a lot and it was like mm-hmm. 97 times a day and I'm like that sounds like a bad amount <laughs> and <laughs> my job is different than yours where like you have students and they're all looking at you and it's like it would be obvious if you were to be like I need to check Instagram real quick you know, talk amongst yourself. Whereas I work in an office setting and I have like meetings and stuff throughout the day, but, um, I'll check my phone whenever I feel like it, whether, you know, it may be a little rude, but I need to work on that. But if I'm in a meeting and I'm just like, all right, this meeting is terrible. (laughs) Check it. Or I have an iPad that has, I have for work, but I'll check something. if, If that 
you know, hitting their guy, email me back or, you know, it's definitely made me more mindful. So I would recommend that. it's called moment. It's called you said? moment. M O M E N T. And, uh, I think that's helped too, because it's like, seriously, would you rather be looking at Instagram of pictures of food or playing with your kid? And it's helped me. Right. Especially when I'm at work and I'm having a day where I'm like, I just miss Anna. And it's like, well, if you miss her so much, then you need to stop looking at your dumb phone when you're home. And then maybe you won't feel like that. Right. So. Well, thank you so much for joining me tonight and telling me all about your exciting summer and joining your daughter to your family. Really enjoyed catching up. Yes, me too. All right, you have a great night. You too. Thanks for listening to tonight's episode of After Daycare Drop-Off. Be sure to subscribe and rate the show. It helps others find us. Follow the show on Instagram at After Daycare Drop-Off. For updates and inspiration, be sure to share with your friends. As always, music by Tobu. Until next time.